It's your favorite time of the morning. The Forum at 8 with Sakina Kamwendo. Favorite time of the morning on AM Live. Eight minutes after eight, uh, the Office of the Auditor General has released its 2014-2015 Municipalities Audit Report. Now, the report shows an increase in clean audits uh, for municipalities. The AG's latest report covers 468 audities, which include 167 national and provincial departments and 301 public entities. Auditor General Kimi Makwetu says that while there's been a marginal improvement in audit outcomes, government could have recorded a higher margin of improved results. He adds that government should have had leadership in stepping up the pace in addressing internal control deficiencies that were identified in the previous audit. He has also recommended uh, the contribution of mayors and other municipal structures uh, for the great improvement in the audit outcomes of councils across the country. And this morning we host the Auditor General, uh, Mr. Kimi Makwetu, to look at the outcomes of the 2014-2015 report on municipalities. As always, a pleasure having Having you, Mr. Marquetu. And thank you very much for having me once again, Sakina, and good morning to all the SAFM listeners. Now, people have started tweeting very early this morning, and they implored me to ask you to please start with the good news. Can, can you please just break it down for us, where the improvements are, and also perhaps if you could just add, you know, what led to these improvements, what were the contributing factors? Um. Thank you very much, uh, Sakina. Uh, if you look at the work that we are reporting on, uh, is, is, is the 2014-2015 financial year. And we finalized this work around November last year and have been doing the analysis up to now where we tried to group all the municipalities according to the provinces where they come from. After doing this analysis and taking into account the financial statements as well as other engagements that we had with uh, respective leaders of those institutions as well as others, we came to a summary that indicates that over the last five years, if you compare to 2014-15 to where we started with this current administration of local government in 2010-2011, the Western Cape uh, as a province... uh, about 2010-2011, it had about two in total of clean audits, where now they are sitting at 23. That is a significant uh, shift in the outcomes of that particular province. Um, and if you look at the Gauteng province, um, where it was sitting only with two as well in 2010-2011, we now have about 15 of them in that category of clean audit outcomes. And so it goes with uh, KwaZulu-Natal as well, who was also sitting with about five uh, when we started off in 2010-11. By the way, KwaZulu-Natal was the leader, as it were. Uh, 2010-2011, when they had five years. They were the ones that had the highest number at that time. They are now sitting with 22. So those are the three provinces that have concentrated on ensuring that <clears throat> among their municipalities, and when I'm mentioning the clean ones, I'm also by reference dealing with the others that improved from very negative outcomes to what is not yet clean, but more appreciated compared to where they were 10 uh, or rather five years ago. So what we've noted in our analysis as well as in the discussions that we've had uh, with our teams across the country is that there has been a clear focus of leadership taking ownership of the issues that are raised in the audits. That's the first observation our teams have made right across the country. All of them have said that those municipalities that have improved, there was a clear 
engagement between the leadership as well as the administrative uh, teams led by municipal managers and CFOs to bring people with key competencies into financial management uh, areas as well as to restore the, the, the discipline of doing uh, supply chain management in accordance with what the National Treasury regulations prescribe so that there is low tolerance for deviations from what supply chain governance prescribes to local governments. So that was the second observation. The other observation was also about uh, in-year monitoring activity where CFOs were required to submit financial information so that there can be an in-year monitoring process to identify whether the troubling areas are being addressed sustainably in an environment that has got some people who have got the requisite competences to do the work. And the third component of it is when councils have insisted that they want to see these reports as well as the progress reports on audit action plans so that they can engage with them. Not to see them for the sake of having them, but to make sure that they take decisions which are going to be followed up with those people in the administrative environment. So we believe that that kind of culture is what has shifted what was five years ago only 13 municipalities across the country that were clean to where we're sitting with now 54 plus 18 public entities, which makes 72. Having said that, if you look at the five-year improvement just overall across the different categories of audit outcomes that Mm. we conclude on, we've had over the five years a total of about 149 improvements and 37 regressions over the five-year period. Those that have moved backwards, only 37, and those that have moved forward in terms of the audit outcomes, it's about 143. Was there any common thread in those in which you saw improvement? Was there something that you could point to that perhaps led to a different uh, way of doing things, you know, being more compliant and such? It's largely discipline, Sakina. If you look at the disciplines that we often recommend, it's things like You know you are in a municipality where quite a number of people have got different uh, responsibilities. Those responsibilities come with money. So if somebody has got to do infrastructure maintenance, Mm. it comes with money. When if, if they have to do community development work or any other kind of work which is part of their programs, they've got to spend some money. Now, when you spend money, obviously, there's only one finance department, but too many people who have to make the decisions and carry out the decisions of the council. Now, what is important is what comes back to those people when they, after they've done the expenditure, bring back all the documentation to the people in finance, reconcile the money they gave out against what has been spent to make sure that it matches to the accounting records, because without that, when we ask them in finance, where is this, where is that, they're going to start running around trying to recreate what was never there in the first place. So what we are saying is that these things that they did, the ones that improved, were about making sure that accounting records are reconciled, books are balanced regularly, and that the financial information is checked to the accounting records and supporting evidence so that when the audit comes, it's a case of clearing the outstanding issues and finishing whatever has to be finalized in an audit. That's the basics I think many of them have done. And what is important is also the supervision by those that are in the leadership structures like council. That's important because without that supervision, things can go wrong.
and they do seem to go wrong quite a bit. Uh, non-compliance with key legislation remains high, according to the report, uh, but there has been some improvement, but the number of auditees overall decreased, um, uh, you know, in compliance. What's leading to that? Because that I find a bit mind-boggling, because if you have an act there to prescribe what it is you have to do and how it needs to be done, why are we rehashing this every time we talk about these audits? You know, if you look at the compliance with legislation area, that's obviously the one that has been a disappointment uh, across the system, as it were. If you take into account the fact that sitting there is the discipline of complying with procurement processes as well. Now, procurement processes get deviated from, and that's the message that we are highlighting there, because it gives rise in our reports to what we call irregular expenditure. So the level of irregular expenditure is high, which means that if you don't fix those controls, you are creating a vulnerable environment for that money to be lost and without having the necessary mechanism to account for it. But haven't you been saying this for some time? It's the nature of this thing that you sometimes have to say it for some time and for some time and for, you know, at infinitum until somebody else acts. And I think in the absence of that acting, we will continue to say it because that's what the Public Audit Act says. It says we must go and audit every year and come and report. And all that we are doing really, we are reporting what we saw as we were evaluating the evidence. So until the law says do not audit anymore, Mm. then we shall stop. But while we still have to, it means that uh, it won't change because we are not the ones that fix Mm. uh, the environment. The ones that fix it are the ones that are employed in the structures of those institutions. But I think the issue I think that's important is, is the change will come when actions are taken to fix those internal control deficiencies. But when will that happen and what will spur on such action? Because it seems that there are no consequences. You look at irregular expenditure that has now more than doubled. So so clearly this culture of no consequences means that, you know, people will continue doing what they want to do. At least it seems that's what's happening. You'll never know. Maybe the people listening to this have got an idea. Of? <laughs> the answer to your question. So you don't know, you don't have a view, uh, an answer to that. Let's find because out. Let's find out from the audience here what they think. Because what is important to recognize here is that we we are not uh, immediately delinked from what is happening here. You know, the schools where we send our children, they mm. all are in municipalities. So when they're sitting there during the day, they are expected to drink water, which we expect to come from some municipality. So if they don't know. Where is the record to pay for that account for services delivered for that particular day for water by rainwater and rainwater decides to cut them, then your kids at that school are not going to have water for the whole day and it's going to affect their learning. So essentially what the Auditor General is doing is he's asking you, the challenge is to you, the listener, the citizen, the constituent somewhere, what are you doing about this? Because he comes, he does his job audits, you know, looks at the books and uh, what is going on there. But you live in the municipality. 
And all these things are happening to you. Essentially, you are living there where the money is being spent. What are you doing? What sorts of questions are you asking of those in charge about what is happening? Because irregular expenditure has more than doubled. Unauthorized expenditure has increased threefold in the past five years. So what is happening? Fruitless and wasteful expenditure increased by over 1 billion rand since 2010-11 report. What is going on? And, and again, what are, where are you when all of this is happening? Because it's easy to point fingers at everybody else in the chain. But where are you? Did you go and ask the questions about uh, certain programs that uh, you know were muted in your municipality and then it didn't happen where did the money go are are, are people open to giving you answers to some of these questions uh, that may arise Uh, let's hear from you 0891-104-208 and you can also tweet or facebook us at am live on safm and uh, please use the hashtag am live and you can also sms us on 34701 and um, whilst we're waiting for people to call and tell us what is going on and how they feel about this i also want to talk about um you know what's happening in um the provinces where you know, things really just doesn't seem to be going right. If you have, you know, one clean audit, one municipality, um, is that really something worth celebrating at this point? <clears throat> There's another aspect to to these outcomes, like, you know, which uh, I would also like to draw attention to. If you look at that very undesirable audit outcome called a disclaimer, Disclaimers, if you look at where we were five years ago, 2010-2011, they constituted about 30% of the total. 30% of municipalities were disclaimed, meaning that the auditors were not even able to express an opinion on the financial statements with regards to those municipalities, 30% of the total, five years ago. May I respectfully interject there? How does that situation even arise? How does someone sit there, use public funds, and think it's okay for them not to account for it. Why is that even acceptable at any level? Well, I mean, I'm sure anyone can suggest that if the if the conditions uh, provide for that situation to exist and nobody changes those conditions, I think that's why it will continue to be like that. Because if you allow for people to not have records in this case and you don't do anything about the fact that they didn't have the records to substantiate the transactions the chances are that uh, next year they will still not have the records because nothing happened last year when they did not have the records culture of no consequence so so the point is um are you prepared to allow that to continue and the answer is possibly no. So if you look at the 2014-15 in that context, that 30% has then come down to 11%. Still worrisome, but I think uh, for anybody watching, uh, it will be something that I think needs to be recognized, that at least there's been an effort put into putting on the table the record so that an auditor can express an opinion as a start. I agree with you. It's not an ideal situation. You don't need to be there in the first place. But if the conditions allow it to persist, then it will persist. And, of course, we've come, covered this issue before where we said there are many municipalities that have sat with disclaimers for more than five years. Mm. Once we made that point, many of them and councillors in those municipalities took steps to reverse that. You'll see in our report many of those that came from that history, largely 
mostly uh, municipalities that you will find in the Eastern Cape. You will find many of them in the Free State. You will find many of them in Pumalanga. That's what we are saying in the report. They are starting to emerge from a history of very negative audit outcomes, which we commend because it is the step in the right direction. When we identify Limpopo and uh, and, uh, and Northwest and uh, Northern Cape, we're saying they are still there. They still have not moved out of that situation, despite the fact that they also have had a marginal improvement in some. So those are the categories of provinces as we analyze this report that we had put on the table. Not that we are measuring one against the other, mm. but we are putting across a picture so that if someone is in the northwest, they at least have a good idea why when they walk through some of the streets there, they have to encounter uh, um, you know, a refuse that has not been picked which we've painted a picture on in our report as well when we evaluate issues of environmental management uh, compliance in terms of some of the municipalities. We've done that in areas like the Northwest. So I think when we say this, we're saying it so that people can also start saying, does my experience accord with what I'm hearing in terms of these kind of disciplines where I stay? And I think it's important when you raise the issue to the listeners to say, Mm. what do they think? Yeah, and more than what do they think, what are they doing? What have they done? What do they intend doing? Because it's something that needs to be addressed by all of us. But just before I go to the calls, some of the root causes, um, you know, uh, what are some of those when it comes to uh, the reason why we see some of these provinces really not doing well? We've, over the period, uh, identified three root causes <clears throat> one of them was the lack of competences as well uh, in, in in those areas and we also identified the issue of vacancies and uh, lack of consequences we are very pointed in our root causes in this case because we are seeing that some element of success is being uh, made with regards to getting competent people as well as filling vacancies but the major issue is the actions that need to now come from oversight leadership in order to bring about consequences for those areas that have got a history of transgressions. And I think if you look at it, why is there no consequence? I think is the question that all of us need to to understand because um, what does this consequence thing mean? It means that if something that didn't go right according to the policies that you are approving as an oversight structure in an institution, it is incumbent upon you as that structure to also follow up as to why that Mm. policy that has been put in place has not been complied with, as is reflected in our reports, among others. If you don't do that, then clearly the chances are that the standard that you expected through your policies to be observed is now going to be lower. And if it remains lower, it's likely that if you don't act, it may become the new standard. And why is it acceptable? The Auditor General, Mr. Kibi Makwetu, here with us this morning, 891 Lazarus, are you calling from Kwakwa? Good morning. Yes, I'm, I'm calling from Kwakwa. Thank you for taking my call, Sisi. Um, I, I just have one thing that I need to raise um, in, in the question that you, that you asked earlier on. And I think the Auditor General clearly stated to say there are no consequences. And as long as there are no consequences, I mean, these people will always do as they please. I'm actually calling from Tabo Mufutangan, and I heard that the Auditor General reported that at least they performed well. But on the ground, Sakina, um, really, I don't see much happening. It means they might be reporting these things, but the people really, they are really, really feeling that there's nothing that is really happening on the ground. That's how much we feel on the ground. You see, and this is exactly, I think, the challenge that the uh, Auditor General was throwing out, because you 
at ground level are the person who is uh, basically the one who can tell, who can see, because that money is spent on something that needs to benefit you. So are you vigilant enough to check that if we say there's this project to build so many, um, you know, whatever it may be in your town, and do you actually go and check that it actually materializes? Has the project been completed? How much did it cost? And so on and so forth. Because it's easy to come and jump and then we go very high up when we fail to address these issues where they actually ought to be situated. So, you know, Lazarus, that is the issue that we are dealing with. But uh, let's hear from Andile in Virginia. Good morning. 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 Uh, for, me, for, for me, I think the Attorney General report, I mean, for me, uh, useless because those, uh, I mean, uh, findings are not binding. Why they, they, they can't change it like uh, it can be like a public protest report where findings are binding. Otherwise, people will keep on ignoring his report, his uh, findings. I mean, so I think for me, it's useless. I mean, because it will, it will come he will keep on reporting now and then, but uh, billions—I mean, billions of friends, friends are lost. Uh, again, that's my comment. I mean. Okay, someone else agreeing with you, saying, I think uh, the Auditor General is sounding uh, like a stuck record now. Um, Report, then what? That's from a common man who asks that. We'll come back to that. Andilen, um, uh, gift in Mandela Bay. Good morning. Morning, gift. Uh, Hi, Sakina. Can you hear me, Sakina? I can hear you now. Uh, I can hear you, and also good morning to the Auditor General. Look, Sakina, I know that uh, our own municipality also received uh, an audit report, which to me is not pleasing, okay. and I think also on the issue of uh, the wasteful expenditure. But I think I just want to put things into perspective here, because I think a lot of people are attributing this to the Executive Mayor, Dr. Jordan, and I think it's, it's just a fallacy, because first and foremost, uh, Dr. Jordan took over a badly run city where endemic corruption has eroded the public confidence in the administration. Uh, I'll make few issues. For instance, the municipality was planning to run a $4 million budget deficit for the 2015-2016 financial year, which uh, cumulatively would leave it to $1.2 billion in the red after three years. And suddenly, uh, Dr. Jordan rejected this budget and said it must be reconfigured. And what happened? Uh, he instead, uh, a new budget was approved with plus minus $12 million surplus, which to me was quite pleasing. Secondly, uh, he, Dr. Jordan also discovered that Plus minus 250 million for overseas travels and confidence was also budgeted in that. And I think to me it's, it's, it's just <laughs> unacceptable. But I think one issue that I think uh, I want to agree with the Auditor General is the issue of consequence management because I think most municipalities suffer with this because uh, if you don't address the issue of post-audit action plans, and I think you are not going to receive clean audits. Secondly, I want to agree because one of the things that we have done with Dr. Jenny Dodder when he came in was to ensure that we've got a cashback budget. And I, I can confess today now that we've got plus minus two billion rand in cash holdings. The last issue, I think, uh, I think one issue that I need to be addressed is also that staff must sign performance agreements because mm. if we are not dealing with the issue of uh, performance agreements with staff, we are not going to address what we are looking for. But the other issue that I think is quite important in, in particular in the, in the issue of institutional capacity is that the maintain adequate levels of strength and institutional memory to the staff, but also ensure that we've got a resilient system such as billing. 
Okay. Gift, we're going to park it there. Thank you so much. Uh, we're going to a news break, uh, and then we'll come back and answer those questions, take more calls. The Forum at 8 with Sakina Kamwendo on AM Live, turning the spotlight on the big issues and the people behind them. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Forum Date. Our guest this morning, the Auditor General, Mr. Kimi Makwetu, and we are um, uh, dissecting that report that was uh, released uh, yesterday and uh, some of the messages coming through before I get him to respond to the calls. Uh, this one here from Eddie in uh, Eddie Tobala in Wadendaltsres. It says, hi, uh, MPAC and municipalities are well managed. Those responsible for fruitless and unauthorized expenditures not punished. Um, Joe in Peter Maritzburg says, what's the correlation between clean audits and the actual deliverables of services on the ground. And uh, Stair says, uh, it would be interesting to see a nomination of, I know that's not uh, for this. AB says, no political party in South Africa ousted the tripartite alliance. Um, One has to spend money to make business and principles and it's now being applied in South African politics today. Elections are futile effort um, by opposition parties. And this one, um, well, that that's not relevant to this. But um, I have a few here on Twitter that are all relevant. Romeo Moplex says uh, the AG needs to break it down to specifics for us on what exactly the monies have been spent on. Nortemba says, um, are there any consequences for irregular expenditure by municipalities or after announcement we just move on? Uh, Sim Kavuka says, ask AG uh, Kimi of his audit findings. Uh, does, it pres- does he prescribe remedial actions, example, uh, criminal DC payback or contract termination, something to that effect? Revolutionary wants uh, to know that, uh, or rather says that these regressions are mainly a result of instability in key positions at the municipalities, um, the AG noted. Uh, Cabello says, um, can you please uh, confirm with the AG whether clean audit equates better service delivery, which is a good question. Um, Luvuya says, clean audits, my sister, do not root out the evil of corruption. And it's uh, Piwa says, MECs and mayors and accounting officers instruct the line managers to hire specific consultants not to change anything um, as but as slush funds. So uh, some of the comments there from our uh, social media platforms. AG, let's start with the callers. Um, <clears throat> Lazarus uh, in in district. In, in yes, we have reached a conclusion in terms of our financial management audit that that is a clean audit. And uh, and, and and Lazarus, you're saying that well, According to you, that's that's not happening. There's nothing happening uh, he, there where you live, and and I think that's the point that 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 uh, I was raising earlier on to say that it would be very good for you to perhaps uh, you know take a stroll down to the council and and go congratulate them for having achieved what appears to be a credible record of financial management disciplines and such related matters. Because I think you 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 owe it to yourself to 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 congratulate them and just share with them also the fact that, according to your understanding, if there is a set of disciplines that are in place which are regarded as credible according to an external evaluator like an auditor general, you as a local resident there, you would like to understand how does that deal with some of your experiences, you know. Maybe mm. they may have an opportunity to explain to you because when we conclude that they are clean, we are not 
saying this conclusion is now giving rise to the absence of all sorts of other things that could still be happening. It's up to you because now we're saying on our side, if you are looking for a record there, you're more than likely going to find it. And if somebody says in our IDP, in a particular part of Kwakwa, there was an agreement that there is going to be a upgrade of the access road to a particular place, according to the IDP. Mm. Now, if this municipality of mine has got a clean audit, can you please show us through your financial statements where this particular expenditure of what was agreed in the IDP and the budget has been recorded? Because if it's there, then it means that the road was done. Because if you are clean, then the auditors are also saying they are happy that the road was done with that money. And then if you find that that is not the case, then we can have a conversation. So all I'm saying is that when we're highlighting these issues of a clean audit, you are saying that now you are in a place where that accountability that you are looking for as a citizen is likely to come to you fast. We are not saying that all that you expected to be delivered, including your aspirations that have not been put into the plans of the municipality, will now be addressed. Because let's face it, sometimes we raise these concerns about whether there are services, when in fact we are thinking about certain services that we ought to get, because mm. the Bill of Rights says we shall drink water, but your municipality has not yet laid out the infrastructure for getting water to you. Is that a problem if the audit says that the environment is clean just because you don't have water and the water has not been put into the budget for that particular year, which means the financial statements have nothing to say about it. So I think it's important to separate these issues so that when we compare the, the, the clean audit to the experience of the service, surely the auditors, I'm sure when they go to these environments, they, they, they are not in a position to give a concrete evidence about your service experience mm. the person who experiences the service is the person that lives there and i think in this partnership if we look at it if we say our municipality is now in a strong financial position it means that they should not struggle to explain to me why is the situation the way it is where i live in relation to services i think that's where we should be drawing the link because once we start looking at audit outcomes audit outcomes is an outcome of an evaluation of a state of affairs with regards to the management of finances at a particular date mm. in this case the date is 30 june 2015 the comparison between that conclusion and the experience one has with regards to services is not is not an easy exercise to do nor is the audit office uh, capable of giving a concrete mm. evidence on that hence i'm saying the best person who knows that the tap breaks down every tuesday every month is the person that uses that tap in that area yeah. and that um, particular municipality the first in the free state to get a clean audit absolutely absolutely yeah. so we are really giving the fact the feedback that they have really done something credible over time to make sure that they meet the commitment that they made with regards to financial management, which I think has happened. Now, coming to Andile in Virginia, the issue about our report being useless and as well as it being a stark record, well, it may well appear to be, but uh, I'm sure it is considered by many to be useful in the sense that it triggers the necessity for people who may need to act to act. So if there is anything that is useless, it is possibly the absence of any action on the back of the arrival of our report. So mm. I'm sure Andile will probably have a different perspective if he looks at it from that angle. And in terms of gift from Nelson Mandela Bay, 
I agree entirely that the issue of consequences, performance management and building institutional capacity are the key ingredients for getting that municipality out of this. Let me once again emphasize that the report, as we are saying, is covering all transactions and activities that were carried out in respect of this audit up to the end of the financial year 30 June 2015. Mm. And we are really reflecting these matters considering the fact that subsequent to that date, there may well have been other actions that have come forth in that municipality, mm. which we have not yet had an opportunity to report on. Those will be the subject of the next year's audit. Quick question from Bulelo, uh, who wants to know, uh, does the Auditor General physically visit the municipalities to see what has been done, or does he just you know, look at the paperwork? Well, um, the paperwork of a municipality is generated in a financial department and other departments and is, uh, is kept in storage there. So when we go there, we, we, we physically go to the place. Uh, we can tell you the addresses of all the 272 municipalities and where they are located. Mm. We know them. And I'm sure if you, if you think about an audit, an audit is, is, is not, a, is not a, an exercise where you parachute you know, emails. You've got to go speak to the people there and look them in the eye and see what happens sometimes when they change the story. That's what an audit is about. It's that interaction. It's not just a case of, it's not me that's doing it. I'm just collecting the substance of what has come out from all those efforts of the three and a half thousand staff members across the country who physically go and and, and engage. And uh, if you think about a province like the Northern Cape, Mm. they all have an existence in Kimberley. But if they have to go and do an audit in Springbok, they must get on the road and drive to Port Norloth and those places. So that's what happens. So we, we do see this. And uh, sometimes uh, as we do the travels, I was recently traveling through another municipality where 10 kilometers before you get to town, as well as 10 k's after town, there were potholes all over the place. Mm. And I, I asked the team as we were traveling through this municipality, what was the audit status of this municipality based on our latest results? It was just of interest. And uh, I was not surprised that uh, they had concluded it was a disclaimer. Why am I linking this to this? Because my experience as a citizen driving through this municipality triggered a thought in my mind that if there's this level of lack of maintenance of the road network in such a busy town, it could mean that there's something that this municipality is not paying attention to. Speaking to the Auditor General this morning, 891 and let's go back to the lines. Uh, Mathieu Fumukwena from uh, the uh, Tabo uh, Mofutsanyana District Municipality that we've been talking about. Uh, Lazarus called in about this. Good morning and uh, thanks for speaking to us. Good morning to the Auditor General and the listeners. Mr. Mukwena, yes, yes. the first a municipality in the free state uh, to obtain a clean audit. You must be really excited about that. Indeed, indeed. We are very excited and uh, we give credit to uh, our political leadership, the management and, and the staff, as well as the, our internal systems like the Municipal Public Accounts Committee, the internal audit. Uh, even the council and the audit committee really they have been uh, of great uh, assistance for us. And also we uh, had a privilege last year when we had a visit from the Auditor General who also inspired us. And uh, I remember his words when he was there. He said, you are on the right track. And I think that was a great motivation for us. And uh, what is very important also is also to act on what 
uh, the general raises from time to time. We have the action plan and have all the role players in the municipality and have the executive uh, leading in the process of the uh, dealing with on the issues that are raised by the auditor general. Because uh, you cannot have one issue being raised from year to year without addressing it. Because if you don't do that, you'll find yourself in the same situation. Then you said in the town, you cannot be having issues that being, are being raised from year to year without addressing them. Then we had an action plan uh, that, was, uh, that was addressed by our political executive as well. And then our first caller this morning on the forum at 8 was from your municipality, incidentally. And uh, he was quite surprised that you received a clean audit because he feels that uh, that does not actually reflect his reality of the municipality in which he lives. Actually, I think it's a matter of uh, not understanding of or differentiating between the local municipality and the district municipality, because as is the district municipality, we offer uh, bulk services to municipalities. Although at some stages we offer the services that are direct to the communities, but then uh, we we have evidence that there are things that we have done in our communities. There are rules that we have upgraded in Guacua as well. I know in Kulakwe, um, there are rules that we have upgraded in the various other local municipalities. And then we we believe that we had limited resources, but with what we had, we indeed made made a difference in some of the communities. Well, congratulations to you, and uh, thank you so much for speaking to us, Mate Fumukwena Tabo Mofutsanyana, municipal is he the municipal manager? communications manager uh, from that particular municipality. Well, let's take more calls for the Auditor General 0891104208. Vusi in Durban, good morning. Morning, Fakina. Morning to the AG. Two things. One, I don't think we should celebrate that uh, people have now improved their audit outcomes. It would be like clapping for the fish for swimming. That's what people are getting paid to do. And they must do that. They must do their job. That's number one. Number two, I want to answer the question that says, why are there no consequences? Because the, the AAG has even said, find out from us. Let me tell you why. It's because of the CADA deployment. In municipalities, instead of municipalities employing people on the basis of their qualifications, they employ them because they are so-and-so's child, councillor so-and-so's relative, or so-and-so's girlfriend. What it does when people are involved in irregular and wasteful expenditure, they are not punished, they are not released or fired because it's so-and-so's child. Lastly, they don't corrupt themselves. There's an involvement of councillors corrupting them. And what ends up happening, the SCOPA, I think the, the municipal equivalent is SCOMA, they, they are chaired by the same people from the same ruling party. If you had a situation where the SCOPA was being chaired by the opposition, the real opposition, not the, the, the friendly opposition, you would have a situation where people are going to be very careful in terms of how they, 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 they behave or how they use uh, government uh, uh, or public uh, funds. That is why there are no consequences. Thank you so much, Vusi in Durban. Mzwandile in PE, good morning. Mzwandile? Before I get to my point, uh, hi, before I get to my point, asked a very vital question, and I thought it's nailed on the head. And I was not impressed with how the, the AG answered the question. If the municipality is with 500 transactions per year, does the AG, when doing his audit, 
check on the actual work all of the 500 transactions. I've seen the AG in operation in some business, but they don't do that. They select one or two or three invoices and then go and check what has been done there. Anyone can manufacture capital in, within, within part of the system, and anyone can, uh, uh, can corrupt the system. I can come with an invoice, which is what happens in some business policies. I can come with an invoice for 100000 and they sign it off. And the SP does not check on that in terms of what was the actual invoice for and what was delivered on the invoice. And my two vital points, the first one is, I don't even, I appreciate you bringing the AG to the show, but I, 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 I don't think he's sufficient. You must actually bring the Minister of Corporate Services and also the Minister of Finance let them then account and tell us what is the way forward because you can tell most that the AG is, is toothless or useless in terms of uh, he, he can't make any recommendations and he can't change the system. The second point is uh, if Sasa, if, if, uh, if Sandra Ito can subcontract the financial aspect uh, of their organization to private companies, why can't these policies, the financial function, be subcontracted to the likes of KPMG? And it would not mean that, you, uh, that these municipalities would be leased with jobs. All that would happen is they, they, the staff within the municipalities would then be converted to KPMG. That's the only way Sakina you really be able to overhaul this system. And people can get value for their money. Okay. Thanks, Mzwandile. Yeah, I think Mzwandile is misleading us. <clears throat> Firstly, uh, the issue of the consultants, just for, for the rest of us to understand it. We are not saying that they must not be used. All we are saying, Zwandile, is that if I'm a municipality in a <clears throat> rural province and I have a budget of uh, 120 million rands and 14 million of that is spent on an external service provider to come and assist with financial statements and then these financial statements still don't pass the audit test, then we've got a big problem. That's what we're talking about here. Whereas if a municipality has to spend a million rands on the services of an external service provider and it's got a reasonably enough budget to justify that one million rand, we don't have an issue with that as long as that municipality makes sure that it manages and coordinates the delivery of the services that it buys from that consultant so that it doesn't just pay for not receiving in return what it was meant to be getting. So that's the essence of the point we are raising on consultants, not what you're raising. What you are raising is possibly an imaginary situation. Coming to the issue of the transaction selection, you know, an audit is a process that has got more than century-old disciplines that have been developed across the world, where when the reality of an agency relationship between someone doing on behalf of another became a risky pursuit. Obviously, the people that sit in the institution are the ones who are employed every day and earn an income to make sure that the transactions that take place every day are accurate. So that an auditor, when they come among those 500 transactions and they select 10, then based on scientific evidence and scientific uh, statistical information gathering, you are able to extrapolate the findings that you are making out of a sample of 10 in a population of 500 transactions and be able to say, based on my evidence of these 10 transactions out of 500, um, there is a likelihood that 
similar kind of conditions exist in the other 490 that I have not looked at. That's what an audit does. It's not what you go in there and you have to go and pick up every single invoice. It'll take 25 years to complete an audit exercise of an Anglo-American. That's why those audits of Anglo-American and First Rand and Standard Bank, Old Mutual and all of them are able to be responded to and signed off based on that principle of adhering to the standards of auditing as they are prescribed by the disciplines of auditing. <clears throat> so that's really the, the essence of this thing. The rest of it is really just a noise-making exercise. I think if one thinks that an auditor is going to have a look at every single transaction, not our job. That's the job of management, and that's why we're saying that in the absence of management, doing that which is paid for, some consequences must attach, because if it doesn't happen, then there's nothing all of us can do. And if you're looking for teeth in the AG, once again, as I said the previous time, we are looking for them in the wrong place, because the teeth that the Auditor General was given was to go and examine the records in the institutions and report on it. If we were not coming forth with reports as we are doing, that would mean that it's a dereliction of duty on our part. And I think it will be justifiable, therefore, for someone to say that your teeth are not, uh, you're not exercising your teeth in respect of what the law gives you. Coming to the issue of comparison also in respect to this, I think it's worth also extending the point to say that uh, the laws that are decided upon in the country have got sufficient teeth. If you look at the PFMA, if you look at the MFMA, it prescribes the role of an accounting officer and what an accounting officer is expected to do and what remedial action must be taken. That's where the teeth is. If you want to go find it, it's in Section 38 of the PFMA and you'll find it in Section 62 of the MFMA as well, which prescribes the teeth. And if you're looking for why that teeth is not uh, working, that's the place to look. Mm. And to ascertain as to who is it that was given this authority in the Act to act on it. The Auditor General has got his own teeth in the Public Audit Act as well as in the Constitution. And I think if one wants to examine that part, let us separate the two so that we clear what we're looking for. Well, worth reading the Municipal Finance Management Act. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we'll conclude this. It's the moment you've all been waiting for. The Forum at 8 with Sakina Kamwendo on AM Live. The Forum at 8 with Sakina Kamwendo. And unfortunately, not much time left. But I do want to go back to, um, you know, one of the points that Vusi raised about um, the uh, public, um, the uh, SOMA, um, uh, SCOMA, not fulfilling their duties of oversight, um, a standing committee on um, municipal municipal um, finances, it would be, um, or is it a management act, but something like that, like SCOPA, the opposite with the municipality. Uh, So what's your thought on that? Do you think that they need to be more effective in, you know, providing the oversight that the listeners are looking for? Let me put it this way. I think it will help one day to to invite Vusi to come to the studio. To, to perhaps come and expand on a lot of the issues that he has raised because he's raised a lot of interesting issues which could provide a basis for expanding that discussion, especially when it comes to matters of consequence as well as it comes to issues of effectiveness of oversight. Uh, he came across as somebody who would be very helpful in mm. engaging that matter further because he's yeah. ca- he seems to be drawing from specific experiences where he is. 
And uh, then just uh, finally, uh, Stembi Somkize says uh, in his municipality, the CFO was killed last night and, uh, and it must be a tender issue. Uh, Makasule Kana says only us, the voters, can change the municipalities that are not performing. The AG has done its, his job and now it is up to us. So I think, and, and, and that's a good note on which to end it. You have it there now. Go and look at what the outcome was, the audit outcome for your municipality, and then decide. If you see a certain line item of where your municipality supposedly spent, um, you know, 10 rand uh, for buying a pen, is the pen actually there? Have you seen the pen? And, And this is where active citizenry uh, becomes a very important aspect of this whole chain. You have to go and see whether what has been given to the Auditor General to audit is actually that which they say. So that's where we're going to leave it. Auditor General, thank you so much for coming through as always. Thank you very much and uh, thank you to the listeners as well.